if you're gonna make disciples, like you better make sure that you're gonna walk with them. If you are not willing to walk with them in life, then maybe you shouldn't be calling them into the church or like into believing because being in the church can be damaging for a young Christian. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Sebi Sit Down, a place of free thinking Seventh day Adventist discussion. I'm your host, Jed Frias, and I would like to say that I have a special series uh, that I'm doing right now. It is where I'm interviewing the current active members of the Prodigals podcast. If you're unfamiliar with what the Prodigals podcast <coughs> is, We'll leave a link to it in the uh, description below, but it is one of my favorite Christian podcasts that I listen to on the regular. So for today, I am interviewing Mark Katangai. Mark is, like I said, one third of the members of the one third of the current active members of the Prodigals podcast, um, and he received his uh, bachelor's in theology from the. Adventist University of the Philippines. Uh, his favorite Bible verse and our Bible thought of today comes from Romans 8 verse 32 and it reads, he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? So that is the favorite Bible verse of Mark and uh, Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm uh, humbled uh, to be a part of your platform today. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, I'm a big fan of the Prodigals podcast, so it's really cool that uh, we can do this crossover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, can you uh, let our listeners know why that's your favorite Bible verse? Okay, so that's my favorite Bible verse because it contains, half of it contains, you know, the gospel of God giving his son for us to die. Um, and then the other part of it is, it's like, it's like a question, right? Like if he did all of that, if he gave himself, like a part of himself, that like God gave a part of himself to humanity, like what makes you think that he won't? do do what's best for you or give you anything that that will do you good right um so it's been my favorite verse because um like, to be honest you're living with you know, growing up we didn't have much in terms of finances and possessions and and all that and i wanted to get into you know more the more lucrative careers <laughs> that exist today um and um i went to school uh with uh and i finished with a diploma in fire protection services and um if i can recall like one of the more wealthy person in your church does that <laughs> so um fire protection right so um i went in there and i finished it uh because of my want or need not need but just like desire to have everything figured out in time in terms of finances but um i've come to learn 
that throughout the years of my journey with God and accepting the call, um, maybe not going into those careers, but going into, you know, theology and ministry, however ministry looks like for me to God, uh, what his will is in my life, uh, then it just promises me that everything's going to be taken care of. Yes, there's going to be challenges and there's going to be trials, but in the end, like, it's good because... I have Jesus by my side and God is always fighting for me and is always reaching out to give me what I need. So that's why. Wow. That's a, no, that's, that's really awesome. I can tell that that verse really means a lot to you and now it makes sense. Why? Um, can you tell us a little bit about the prodigals podcast? So what is the prodigals podcast? So it's just a discussion-based podcast. Um, so for you know your podcast here, Seven Sit Sit Down, is more of an interview kind of deal uh, you, where you ask questions and um, your guests try to answer uh, with their experience and with their opinions and all that. Uh, but with us, we discuss topics, uh, rank, you know ranging whatever you can think of that relates to faith and culture so um yeah it's just very discussion based uh, we ask each other questions and we try to answer those questions although we put you know a, <laughs> a disclaimer that we're not really an experts on any of these topics it's just that we would like to talk about them and see where we come out of those discussions and uh, what happens during this, those discussions. And yeah, it's, it's a good time. And um, we would like to, yeah, just, yeah, that's what it was. That's what it is. So, yeah. And don't worry about that. 99% of podcasters aren't experts in what they talk about. <laughs> neither am I. <laughs> so it works out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So who are uh, the current uh, prodigals right now? So, you have me, obviously. Um, there's Alan, who uh, who was our youth pastor growing up, but he's perpetually young. So, <laughs> and he was our mentor growing up, but he's more of like a friend and a brother. So, and uh, there's Billy. So, Alan's a pastor, also. He you know you're going to interview him but he has his master's in divinity and then billy is a nurse and sometimes we have guests you know um occasional guests like isabel billy's wife and then jenna my wife um we used to have jed uh but he's he's still he still wants to be a part of it and he's still in the chat and he's still pretty much a part of it it's just he's on call so if there's ever a need to call him because he got busy with school then he's there and then arwen um arwen uh he got busy with you know with his kids so yeah yeah so right now it's just me like the regulars would be me alan and billy yeah. and i believe yeah those are the people you're going to be interviewing yeah um so i'm excited for that um where did this idea to start this podcast even start from well so in the philippines when i was still studying there uh i think it was 2016 
near the end of the 2015-2016 school year, we had all these recording equipment because, you know, I like recording <laughs> songs and writing songs. And uh, I had I have also a friend who loved doing that. And we, we actually started like a worship group in the Philippines. Um, so we had all these equipment. And one of my friends, one of my good friends, he came up to me. He's like, hey, do you want to come up with a podcast? And that was actually my first, um, my first experience with anything that has to do with like podcasting or, or you know, talking on the mic. And it's always been like other people singing on the mic. So uh, I was just there playing piano during worship. So it was my first exposure, I guess. And then we were gonna call it. Adventist cafeteria, uh, but that didn't. We recorded an episode, but through the busyness of him, my friend trying to graduate, it kind of didn't, you know, solidify. So, uh, and then when I was coming back here to Canada, like I, I also thought like, hey, there aren't that many Adventist podcasts that I know, um, so maybe we can start one. So I approached Alan, Billy, Jed, and later on Arwin if they wanted to be one, uh, if they wanted to be a part of it. And so, yeah, we just started and yeah, went on from there. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, I kind of started my podcast for a similar reason. There was a void that needed to be filled, and and I think we started our podcast right around the same time. Yeah, you. Um, I think you came before us and then a few months later like we came up with ours yeah but you've been a lot more active so that's really awesome from uh, <laughs> you guys um you do a lot of cool different episodes like you have table talks you have uh, let's get biblical you have um movie casting like like how do you decide what episode you're gonna do uh before it was really what felt like we get what we felt like talking about. Uh, but for the past year, we've set uh, a schedule of, hey, this is the first of the month. We're going to do table talks or, and then second and then third would be stranger stories, the stranger stories in the scriptures and or like let's get biblical and then the stranger stories in the scriptures. We thought of doing that uh, so that it's just we cover more genre kind of thing so it's not like always our opinion uh, i mean it's always our opinion but it's not like uh without the help of the bible you know and then there's always kind of like the bible study like more bible study based with let's get biblical and then engaging our listeners with question of the month or we used to do q a uh, but that got tiring <laughs> with like all these questions um yeah, it's just we wanted to keep it fresh because I it came from the idea came from if if you're a basketball fan, there's there used to be a show on NBA TV called The Starters, and um, right now they they do a podcast called No Dunks Podcast, and they do like during their show they do different segments. So we thought of like, hey, maybe we can incorporate that so it doesn't get stale. It's not like the same thing every week where we just talk and talk and talk. It's like we have different segments that can um, keep us 
aligned to different ideas and different genres or different topics. And so that's the way we have it. What has uh, been the impact of the prodigal since you started it, either to yourself or to other people who are listeners? Um, well, for me, like the impact for it, the impact of it for me is just it has forced me to put my opinions out there and my insights like when it comes to these topics and to these biblical uh yeah biblical discussions um because i'm a shy guy <laughs> naturally so i don't like naturally go into hey this is my opinion like people have to ask me in order for me to share so and i'm not the most eloquent guy out there and that's like my main gripe with god in terms of calling me into ministry is just i'm not the greatest speaker and like i know that's not my strength so um but it's just really cool and i i just really like recording and i just really like um editing and doing all these things and if we can speak into someone's life uh, somewhere out there in the internet um i thought like let's do it and so that's the impact in my life where it has forced me to share my talent in the world and to share um what god uh, has given me in terms of you know the little <laughs> the speaking ability that god has given me and you know the editing abilities and and all that um yeah i i'd say and also just like hearing billy's and alan's opinion opinions like has helped me in my walk also and there's also times when when going into a talk i was so set in saying this is my opinion and this is what i'm gonna say but then when we i actually researched it i think the holy spirit moved me from a certain stance to another like let's say for example the our episode on halloween um i was going into it with the mentality of ah it's okay it's it's just like it's so far removed from its origins that maybe you know it's not so bad to <laughs> to uh be a part of it but uh, during the discussions and during the research um the holy spirit really put in my heart that maybe we should take these things more seriously uh, maybe like we shouldn't take you know the supernatural so lightly and that's what i think like, halloween does um now it's just people don't see the gravity and the depravity of practicing or being a part of something so ghoulish and something so um satanic so um yeah and i was listening to your episode with you know victoria that came from you know practicing witchcraft and i'm pretty sure like i i think she said in there where like she can't take halloween because of just how e like how connected it is to the occult and you know evil spirits so uh yeah just just an experience just like yeah the impact of somehow through the discussions and through research and through studying beforehand god has moved me in in some of my 
theologies and some of my opinions and some of my stances. And then he's moved me towards a more, you know, I believe like a more biblical and more true um, things. So uh, when it yeah. comes to others, uh, the one thing I can think of is there were a couple of people who um, who came up to me or who told me that our episode on dreams and visions were really, it really like hit them and they've started, they started uh, praying for more dreams and visions or prophecies or whatever. Um, aside from that, I can't really recall no, any like up. impact yeah so yeah still no that's awesome um and i'm sure you're being modest because i'm sure you've received a lot of positive feedback because <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> like i am one of those people like full disclosure that i i really enjoy your podcast which is why i reached out to um all three of you um oh, we appreciate it thanks yeah um you're speaking about the halloween stuff uh one of the things that um your podcast prides itself on is that you guys talk about uh, things that are not typically mentioned in church or during services or, uh, you know, like Sabbath school or whatever. Um, yeah. But I want to ask you, is there a topic that you haven't covered that you would like to cover? Or is there a topic that you feel might be still too controversial to cover? Um. We've been like last, I think last year we've mentioned uh, doing, potentially doing a talk or a series, like a month long series on mental health um, that just hasn't come to fruition yet. Like we haven't really solidified because we want to be careful with it, right? Like we want to be detailed and we don't want to come and, come and talk with you know, some misconceptions that might be hurtful to those who are going through a mental health crisis. Um, so yeah, we, we wanted to do that. And I don't think, I don't think that's controversial. It's just that there's a lot of planning that goes into that kind of series and there's a lot of, you know, effort. So, um, through the busyness of, you know, all of our schedules, we haven't been able to come together to put that on. Um, another thing that I wanted to talk about was just this idea that, like, yeah, the more controversial, so I'm going to move from the less controversial to the more controversial, <laughs> which is, uh, there are three things I think, like, so yeah, the mental health I wanted to do, and we wanted to do, and then for my side, I want, I've always been wanting to do you know, like the history of biblical translations, um, which speaks into why my, why some people might think that KJV like, or the King James version is the holiest one and that we should only use it. Um, that's a misconception that I really want to speak into or like speak against, um, and goes in and go into like the details of how 
the Bible came together, how the scriptures came together from the early church and all that, and just give an overview of why all these translations exist and maybe give um, a recommendation on which ones are more accurate. Um, the last one would be the most controversial, which would be like a talk or a series on the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, we were talking about it last year. Uh, maybe we should have, you know, someone who is more knowledgeable in that, uh, in that area or that field. Um, but we haven't really formulated that and we haven't found anyone. Um, and I really want to talk about it because right now, like there's another pod Advanced podcast that I usually listen to called Advent Next. And I don't know if you're familiar with that podcast and the host was let go because of the talks that she put forward or she put out there and putting on pastors who are from the, that community, the LGBTQ community. And then at the end, um, she came out as a bisexual. And so she was let go. And so, like, from that ordeal, you can still see that it's still a very sensitive topic, like very, very, very sensitive topic um, that, you know, one, like an employee of a church can be let go for just even talking about, talking about it and putting out other ideas that may, that the church may not you know, re be readily accepting of. So those are the hard topics <laughs> I really want to get yeah. into. Yeah. yeah, I can imagine those those are some <laughs> hard topics, uh, especially that last one. I can see uh, any, there's a potential, you know, uproar that might happen on both sides. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But so. if you ever if you ever do those episodes, you know that I'll be I'll be there to listen to them excitedly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks. Um, I think it helps that. Uh, I mean, I know a bit, little bit about Advent Next. It was kind of um, being funded by like uh, the Adventist learning community, right? Yeah. So at least uh, with your podcast, I think you're self-funded. Yeah, we're, so. <laughs> we're self-funded. Yeah. Yeah. So we can't get um, fired. Yeah, you can't be fired. <laughs> <laughs> you're untouchable. <laughs> Just kidding. But Might um, get excommunicated, but... Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Um, Just kind of bringing it back a little. Uh, you talked a bit about how you got the podcast... Uh, started but i'm curious about like how you yourself kind of got started quote unquote or like what basically i'm just asking what is your testimony or like how did you you know accept christianity or like maybe adventism for yourself um so i was uh born to the church my dad is a pastor um I think he's always been Adventist because I know my grandpa was an elder of an Adventist church back in the Philippines. Um, we came to Canada because, you know, my home church called my dad to serve here. And so that's, that's, that was our ticket here 
to to Canada. And my mom was a practicing doctor, but she decided to step back and be stay at home mom so she could focus on us. And so, yeah, I was born into the church and with a lot of pastors, kids, you know, with all the expectations on them, all these misconceptions and misguided, you know, views on like how they should behave, all those expectations on me kind of made me rebel. And so I was kind of, I didn't really believe, and I was kind of lukewarm, to be honest. And it came even during high school, I would, I would just go to church because my parents made me, to be honest. And when I was in college, there came a point when like I would, my parents would tell me, it's like, hey, let's go to church. And I'd say like, hey, I'm just gonna go to a church nearby. And it got so ridiculous that I would time, like I would try to time their, their ride back home to when I would pretend to walk home with with night with a nice shirt and nice pants pretending that i will i went to church but it's just i just put it on 10 minutes ago and just decided to go for a stroll in the neighborhood um so i was really out of the church and how out of believing um and it wasn't until i guess like I was called to be a youth minister, uh, not youth minister, a youth leader in Felcan, that I just felt so, like, so out of place and so inadequate. Like, how am I supposed to lead this? And how am I supposed to do this? And um, crazy enough, also, it's just, I think the main catalyst is that my dad got vertigo and he, no, no, no. The story was he double booked with sermons with one church with two churches and so he asked me to preach for one and at first i said no because i didn't really i hadn't preached before and it was i didn't i wasn't interested and then okay he said okay so he found someone to take his other church to take the other church's engagement and so I was happy, but then the week of, he got vertigo. And so he had no one else to turn to but me. And then, so I decided to write my sermon and just focus on God's love and um, what we can learn from his love and all that. And through that, like through learning about God's love, it, was, it sets a fire in my heart. It's like, hey, why, why aren't I studying this before? Why, why didn't I learn this before? So, I preached, and it just felt like just felt right serving God, you know. And then, so from then on, it's just. And then from there, I got called to be a youth minister, uh, not a youth minister, like a youth leader. And through that, I still felt so inadequate. So I tried to study more of the scriptures and the Bible. And yeah, so it grew from there. And yeah, from there, I got baptized and baptized again, because I was baptized earlier on. Guys, you know, Adventists do that. <laughs> so, like, 
if you reach the age of 10 or something, you get baptized. Um, but I got baptized again, made sure that this was my decision. And then from then on led the youth. And um, there came a point when I was saying, I was compromising with God. It's like, hey, I feel that you're calling me to ministry. I just don't want to. I can be a nurse. I can be all these and still, you know, work for you. But um, for some reason, he decided to call me to the Philippines and study theology. And yeah, it, it became a struggle. And so I was like, why am I feeling all these? And then I was like, at one, one night, I was just saying, God, okay, I'm going to put my defenses down. Let me know what you think. So I opened up my devotional, and that night's devotional was about Jonah. Um, and so it felt like a slap in the face <laughs> from God. It's like, hey, you're Jonah right now. Like, I'm trying to call you <laughs> this like for since forever, but you're trying to run away. So don't make me call a whale and swallow you up or something like that uh so yeah that night i just went for a drive and talked to him and like from then on i was i answered the call um and you might ask like why are i pastoring full-time right now well my answer is i don't know i maybe god is calling me to another ministry that's not full-time pastoring, right? Um, that's not in, you know, paid pastorship. It might be this podcast. It might be something else. It might be music creation. And so my, my journey has brought me to a place where, although I am not in a full-time pastor's role, I'm going to make it my mission to minister in whatever capacity i can so right now yeah so right now like i have this podcast i have like a small group i'm leading with with a couple of people with some people and then like at work you know you know i'm right now i'm a ups driver so at work i'm just like trying to like foster relationships and make sure like I'm being a light in that place uh, where it's just so full of testosterone, you know, UPS drivers. and <laughs> uh, It's just so confrontational, to be honest. But just trying to be a light in that place, a vessel of grace and friendship, you know, where, you know, I, I'm not confrontational. And yeah, and people have noticed. So like, so right now, this is my ministry, whatever I'm doing. Yeah. So that's my testimony. Sorry oh, that, for being so no, long. <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, that that was actually really great. Uh, I mean, the two things that stood out to me, which I think are like really awesome, is that one that uh, like you kind of started turning to God through the misfortune of your dad getting vertigo. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> God, God still used that uh, yeah. for His glory. And then the other thing um is like that you bring up that i think is a good lesson for all of us is even if we're not called to like be a pastor we're still full-time ministers in uh, mm -hmm. our everyday life so uh no that's really awesome i hope you uh, are able to continue uh, doing all that and 
um, you know, being that light to the UPS world. <laughs> Delivering the good news of packages. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You should go to the states, and so you can be delivering those what like million copies of uh, <laughs> what was it? Oh. Uh, Steps to Christ or the Great Controversy? Oh, the great, the billion copies of the Great Controversy. Billion copies of the Great. Oh. <laughs> I'm just uh, kidding. Um, there's yeah, but uh, you you mentioned small groups, and uh, you told me earlier that small groups are something that you're really interested in so uh like what are some of the small groups you're in right now so my main so the main small groups that i'm a part of is you know people from mostly philcan uh so we just try we just got together and um billy's wife isabel said like hey i have this you know this material that we can be trained in like let's let's do this training so it's called zume training um and it just trains you on how to become a small group that produces other small groups that produce other small groups so it's like an ever-growing thing um and i think i really liked it i was really skeptical because uh, I came, I came from a background of you know this is the traditional way of doing it. This is worship. Um, this is how I would like to do it. But uh, when like the more we came together and the more we did it, um, the more like, I was convinced that maybe this is the way. This is the way that we do small groups, and this is the way that we get so that we can be accountable and you know, uh, spreading the name of God and being so urgent with the mission. And so the main difference that we've been doing is that we have catch up time. So we share our thankfulness and struggles. And then, so that's considered looking back. So there's three main segments, looking back, looking up and looking forward. So looking back is like how the week went and looking up would be reading the scriptures and seeing how God talks to us. And every week we just have four main questions. So it's really easy. Like if you're leading one, you don't really need to prepare. All you need is like a, a passage and like four questions is that, what do you like about this passage? And what do you find challenging about this passage? So we read the passage and ask those two questions. And then the next time we read the passage again, and then we ask for the next part, it's like, what can we learn about God and what can we learn about people? And so it's just really simple, but yet so profound in the way that God speaks to us and what we can learn about God and our experiences with his love and grace throughout through those passages. And then the third part would be looking forward um, the way we look forward is just how we can obey the passage that week, that coming week. And so we call it commitments. So it's like either, so what are you going to do in your personal life to obey the passage? And then, or like, how are you going to share this passage with someone or share your testimony with someone? So that's the part of accountability that I like because we're not stagnant. We're not just like studying the Bible and keeping it to ourselves. Um, the next week 
when we meet again, we ask each other, how did you obey the passage last week? So like, what are the things that you listed out and how did that go? And so we just keep each other accountable. So like, what did you do to obey the passage or like, who did you share the passage with? So um, it came, it can be daunting. It might sound daunting, but the more you do it, it's like the more fulfilling it is. So um, I've seen change in people's lives and just like growth. So right now we started with one small group and that small group grew in number and then some of us and the way the small groups work is just maybe there's a pair that would start another small group and then yeah and then that small group would eventually start another one and so yeah branches, it just keeps yeah. building and so yeah so that i think that is a good way of being urgent and you know not being complacent in the mission so mm-hmm. yeah that's what I'm a part of right now. Yeah. Um, so I'm assuming you get together like weekly, something like that. Yeah. So, weekly. Uh, uh, just in what ways would you say like a small group weekly meeting is different from a weekly Sabbath service? Um, so weekly Sabbath service, you do have Sabbath school discussions where you can be a part of it. Um, and then there's the main, main quote, quote, main service, the divine service, which is uh, where the sermon is and like where the most people go to. Um, I think the main difference with that, with the small group I'm a part of and the weekly service is just the level of participation from the group uh and in the main service it's like you have a pastor who's up there speaking and then there's small groups uh and there's a praise team and there's the participants and um but then not everyone is connected so there's might there might be some people who are just in the fringes and and the back seat, the back rows, just sitting there and not being taken care of. But then when you have small groups, it's like as much as possible, like everyone is more, they feel more connected because it's like a smaller group. Uh, so if you have a ch- small group, if your church has small groups, there's less of a chance for people to feel like they don't belong because they would be a part of something, you know? Um, my experience is that, yeah, um, yeah, just people being left, feeling left out because they haven't been asked to participate in this main service or they haven't been asked to um, sing songs or just serve in any capacity, but with a small group, if you're a part of it, if your church has like this small group network, right, of people be belonging to it, it's like everyone can feel connected to a community. Um, and yeah, it's what that's what small group is like community and uh, people who can who you can share your struggle with, your struggles with people who you can share your victories with. Um, 
And yeah, and people you can be vulnerable with, like you don't have to be afraid of sharing your, te- your like your struggles to, let's say, 300 people, right? Um, but you can feel safe with sharing your struggle with, you know, eight people who you've journeyed with in life. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a time for intimacy and like accountability and like you're really the that group solid group together solid eight or no like whatever number Um, yeah yeah uh that leads to my next question uh you'll um sorry you told me that you're interested in you know like the health of the church whatever i mean i can assume i know what that means so what would you rate the health (laughs) of the church uh that's a hard question because like i was really thinking of the local level but mm-hmm. um but i guess we can delve into like the overall seventh day Adventist organization because you know d- there are principles that or there are some sort of standards or guidelines that we would put the health you know the health of the church against so to see where the health of the church is and locally but uh i guess we can bring that up to the whole church level uh, because they're pretty much i don't know if you're interested in going through the eight but there are eight indicators of how the church is how healthy the church is um so let's just i guess go through through it quickly um so the first is empowering leadership so like think about your church or think about the whole church in general the whole adventist church do we have more we do we have leadership like the sort of leadership that empowers people they're in charge of or do we have an empowered leadership who like kind of like the gatekeepers are like oh this is how we've done it and this is how we're we're gonna do it and this is the vision or do they let the younger people serve or do they try to empower upcoming leaders uh do they train and equip or do they just do it all by themselves um next is the gift oriented ministry so this means like ministries that deal with people's spiritual gifts uh, so if you see a church that is, you know, um, that heavily utilize, utilizes people in certain aspects and who has certain gifts um, instead of, you know, just, yeah, she's been doing that for a long time, so let her do it. But um, when you see peop- the church utilizing uh, pe- uh, ministries that utilize individuals according to their unique God-given gifts, um, those who can preach, they preach. Those who can sing, they sing. Um, those who have a passion for service, they serve. Then you, you can tell that they're healthy. Um, next one is passionate spirituality. That means like the majority of the membership have a passionate and genuine relationship with God. Um, so the four, the fourth one is functioning structures. This means that people. There are structures that are put in place that are efficient so things don't get you know red taped (laughs) they just work together um 
tasks and actions are usually done quickly with very little delay. Communication between each department's and ministries are fluid, you know, and they create a joyful and easy place to work in the church. Fifth is to holistic small groups. So we've talked about small groups, uh, or that's the fifth one. Sixth is the need-oriented evangelism. So you talked about the billions of copies of (laughs) the great controversy. So um, is that what the people in the States really need or in the world really need? Maybe, but maybe there's another, there's like a better way of doing it. So you can see the health of the church by, you know, needs oriented evangelism. If your church is in a, is if your local church is in a rich neighborhood, like you're not going to hold evangelism and, you know, give out food because they don't need food. You're going to, the type of programs that you're going to put forward are, you know, maybe what the rich people need, maybe marital counseling or, um, I'm not saying all rich people need marital counseling, by the way. Um, uh, or like kids, you know, sports programs and then try to get them, hooked into that and then you know during that you can inject some gospel in there uh inspiring worship services like do the worship services of the church leave the attendees inspired and then a closer relationship with god um loving relationships so like most of the majority of the members really an unhealthy church will have plenty of gossip, uh, backbiting, complaining, divisions, brokenness, you know, broken relationships. But, you know, you can tell that the church is really healthy when it's filled with love and that you feel it from just walking in. So, yeah, uh, those are the eight things that we can like how we can tell the church is in a healthy state. Um, yeah. So overall, how would you uh, rate how we're doing as Adventists. Um, it's really hard to say. But at least, I, like, whatever level you know. So, gift-oriented ministry, empowering leadership. I don't know. Okay, so let's go one by one. Empowering leadership, I don't see that as much. You can tell by like having 50, 50 year old youth department leaders. So like, why do you have youth department leaders that are 50 years old? Like in terms of like the conferences and maybe the divisions, like why are they 50 year olds? Like, why aren't you letting the younger generation lead? Um, Gift oriented ministry. Yeah, I would say like the church is good in that. Um, passionate spirituality. I would say it's lacking. So functioning structures. I'd say that the church has functioning structures, and I think that's like one of their strongest points. uh, Organizationally, that's where we as a church um, excel. Uh, Holistic small groups. It's like half and half, like half churches have it, half of the churches have it, half of the churches struggle with it. 
needs-oriented evangelism, I think we struggle in that too. Uh, inspiring worship services, I think more and more churches try to do that, and we're loving relationships. Um, I don't know about the loving relationship. Um, <laughs> so I'd say it's fifty percent, okay. right? I don't know how healthy that would be, but if it was a local church, I don't. Let's say we bring this into a local church level, fifty percent. It's not too healthy. Um, so yeah, we have work to do. Yeah, no, but that's a really good uh, standard to compare, like compare things to objectively, I guess, mm. or have like some sort of measuring. Um, yeah, yeah, that's really awesome. Uh, yeah, did you do you say that was from a book or a, a study or something like it's that? It's a. I'm not sure if it's in a book, but we had a class on it. So that's what I took out from it. Like, I think we went through those like week by week and then, yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good lesson for all the Adventist churches out there. You know, 50% is a failing grade. Like you can be uh, acing math, but if you fail English, then you don't pass school. <laughs> so you gotta, yeah. we all gotta, we gotta, gotta step up our games. Um, yeah, we all have to, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I just wanted to quickly ask you also, what is the key to disciple making? Key to disciple making would yeah. be relationship. Um, being there for people. I think disciple making is such a crucial thing in the church. And I think it's, it's, um, it's really about relationship. Like for me, um, people won't be receptive to your message if they don't know you. And if, like, I'm going to be honest, the message of Christianity and the message of the gospel to the world is really strange, right? Like, why would God, like, majority of people don't even believe that there's a God out there. But if there was a God, why would he give a part of himself? Why would he give his son to die? So a message like that is kind of strange, to be honest, if you think about it. So why would they believe such a strange message if you don't have, you, you know, they're not receptive if they don't have a relationship with you. So, and then if you manage to get them to be baptized, like that's not the end of it. Like there, you still need to pursue them and you still need to have a relationship with them um, and journey with them. Um, I, in the podcast, we've said in, in, in our podcast, we've said in the past, like if, if you are not willing to walk with them in life, then maybe you shouldn't be calling them into the church or like into believing because being in the church can be damaging for a young Christian, uh, a young believer. Let's say you just got baptized and you have all these, the message that's been given to you, been given to you is, yeah, the 
church is perfect um jesus jesus is god and he, he the people that he called is perfect and you're gonna have a really good time in this church and you're you're gonna have an easy life now that you're with god but then what happens like if they're left alone like they'll the more the enemy will attack them first of all because that's how that's just how spiritual warfare works like if you start believing in god the more the enemy attacks you and the the typical way of the christian world is once someone is baptized then that's it like they're left to themselves in the pews and so when they get attacked they don't have a community that they can turn to that can help strengthen them and to give them hope that hey this is yeah you'll be attacked and you'll you'll have trials but this is much more fulfilling and god actually equips you and so we have these people who have left their other communities you know the secular communities that they have into the church and then what they find is you know the same thing like backbiting or gossiping or other other things and then at the same time they're being attacked by the devil it can be really damaging right um so if you don't have if you don't put together a growth path for them and you don't place them in a community that they're comfortable in and that they can belong a community of people who can foster them and who can grow their faith alongside of them then um then maybe it's better that you didn't <laughs> call them to the church in the first place um but yeah it's it going back to it, it's just relationships like if you're going to make disciples like you better make sure that you're going to walk with them in life and it's only through relationships and through um, the love of the community um, and the love of god that you know a disciple is made so and that's the way that paul worked right he had his small networks of disciples and then those disciples made disciples and then their disciples made disciples so um, Paul didn't, Paul knew that he wasn't made to disciple everyone. It's more like a pyramid scheme, <laughs> really. Uh, you, you, you disciple two people because you can maintain those relationships. And then those two people will disciple two or three other people. And then it's just grows from there. So yeah, it's, it goes down to relationship. Yeah. Like a, yeah, like a branch method, kind of like what the goal of your small group is. Um, so yeah, no, that I totally agree with that. And that was some harsh, but deep, but true harsh realities that you were uh, letting, uh, that you were spewing out there, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was I so, too harsh? <laughs> <laughs> it's a, I mean, people got to hear the truth sometimes um but on the flip side let's let's uh do a little game something maybe on the more funner side of things <laughs> okay. uh, let's do one of these activities that uh, you guys do at the prodigals podcast called movie casting so typically okay. i know i know you um you just say like who would play in a noah movie for example i know there was a noah movie that's a bad example mm -hmm. but like who would play Russell like Crow. yeah the characters of a bible story but i'm going to ask you 
who would play, who do you want to play the prodigals if there was a prodigals movie? Um, <laughs> was it just like a movie of us talking? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, okay. Who's a chubby Asian actor <laughs> that can play me? All I can think of is Nico Santos, you know, the guy from Superstore. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> unless, yeah, so if, he, yeah, so Nico Santos, because he's chubby, would play me. And I'm going to be really nice to the other guys. And Alan would be played by Simu Liu. Okay. Um, <laughs> what's his name? In, um, so he Shang plays Shang-Chi. Yeah. But yeah. in um, Kim's Convenience, Thanks. I don't know his name. <laughs> um, Billy would be played. Billy would be played by um, Henry Golding. From okay. <laughs> <laughs> from Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just wanted to be nice to them. Yeah. That's that's what it is. I'm not. Uh, that's some pretty good casting. <laughs> um, that's a, <laughs> I, you want to hear what I came up with? I actually did think about okay. this question myself. All right. So for you, I came up with three options. Let me know what you think. Matt Damon, what? Jake, <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal, or Michael Fassbender. <laughs> Oh, and man. Uh, so the reason why I came up with those names is because, like, I, you know, I, you know, putting physical features aside, you yeah. know, you're, you're selling yourself short there, Mark. <laughs> um, you know, those just seem like the guys who, like, Matt Damon's pretty well connected in Hollywood, and that just seems to suit <laughs> suit you in terms of, like, you know, you got your connections to start this podcast, and like, um, okay, Michael Fassbender. Okay uh you know he's kind of magneto yeah so, <laughs> so like he seems like he kind of put together a crew too mm. so jake gyllenhaal uh, i don't have a good explanation for that one <laughs> um for alan i have uh gary oldman or okay right because he's old <laughs> no, no, no no i'm just joking alan i'm just joking if Why you listen he... to this um, no, Gary Oldman's really yeah. good. He's really versatile in his acting. Like you could see him play a really good guy in, you know, the Dark Knight series, um, mm -hmm. Commissioner Gordon, and then you can play. You could see him playing a really good villain in the Book of Eli, or mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, and then the other one I had there was Jeffrey Wright. I just feel like both of them suit. Alan, I feel like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. He just seems wise. Like he's he's like the quote unquote wise one of the yeah. of the group. Yeah. So they just seem Definitely. like wise characters. <laughs> <laughs> and then Definitely. for Billy, I have um, Edward Norton, uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt, or Keanu okay. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Keanu. Yeah. So I feel like all three of them, they're not necessarily known to be uh, wise characters, but 
if you actually listen to their interviews, you know, like they actually know what they're talking about and like they have a good base. And I feel like that's Billy. He doesn't have that same uh, like um, theology bachelor's background like you and Alan do, but he's able yeah. to hold his own and he, yeah. he spews yeah. some wisdom too. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. That's yeah, a good so that's casting. Cast. That's a good yeah. casting. <laughs> <laughs> I take Matt Damon any time of the day, so <laughs> I'm glad to hear. Yeah. Um, but uh I guess let's wrap this up now. Uh okay. Um actually let me first ask you, what is your hope for the church? Um my hope for the church is that you know you f- they focus on the gospel, right? Um they focus more on that aspect of our message in terms of you know the gospel really is central to everything. Um, people are scared of you know people preaching grace, but because like, they're scared that grace will lead to licentiousness. You know, people saying like, "Oh, I can do anything because God's grace is powerful." But if you preach grace the right way. Uh, Paul says that the kindness of God is what leads people to repentance. And so I just hope that we preach more of the gospel because Paul also says in that same chapter, in the same book, um, it's the power of God to save. So when Paul says in Romans chapter 1, 16, it's like, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it's the saving power of God. Uh, I might be misquoting it, but um, something like that. So the gospel really is central to everything and take care of the message of the gospel. Then you have gospel-centered disciples who will win gospel-centered disciples because like, um, you know, Pastor Jared Wilson, uh, he once said that what you win people with is what you win people to. So if you win people with the the gloom pizza and doom services, okay. <laughs> use, <laughs> services, that's what people are gonna expect. Um, yeah, the gloom and no, doom. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you win people with you know the gloom and doom, that doesn't really give the hope of the gospel then that's what they're going to be one too and that's what they're going to be they're going to expect and that's the kind of culture that you're going to put it's like a culture of fear and a culture of um yeah it's just a a culture of doom like really um where like you just preach like although revelation is a really good message and daniel is a really good book uh but without the gospel then they're just scare tactics you know uh so you center revelations through the lens of the gospel the lens that jesus you know the lens that the we have all sinned we were created to be in a loving relationship with god but we have all sinned and we have been we have fallen but the good news is that god sent his son to die for us and so that we can be reconnected with the father and our job now 
that we have the gospel is to share that same love to others so that they can also be reconnected with a father um get that right then your church will be good like your church will you know will prosper your church will have gospel-centered disciples um instead of a church that preaches you know revelations outside of the lens of the gospel so i'm saying that revelation is good daniel is good but only through the lens of what god intended it to be which is the story of a loving god who wants nothing more than to have a relationship with us so amazing yeah. no that's a that's a great note to end on um mark do you have any uh Goodread shout outs or plugins that you'd like to recommend before I let you go here? Goodreads. Um, so I've written here two, three books. The first two are written by Bob Goff. Um, they're called the first, his first book is Love Does. And this, his second book is Everybody Always. It's a really, really good book of how to be loving to others and to just be there for people and how you can be um, an instrument of God wherever you are and what in whatever field you find yourself working in. Um, so those, it's like uh, narr narration-based. So it's like about his life and his stories. And it's just really cool. It's just a really cool book, lighthearted, but at the same time, like really touching. Um, third would be The Road Back to You, which is deals with the Enneagram, like which I'm a big fan of. Like the Enneagram is like a maybe we can talk about it later like in a another episode but we did an episode on it on the prodigals and it's really cool and i'd want you to do the test um, to see what type you are because it says like we are like basically nine types of people in the world and based on those nine types that's how you behave so it's kind of like myers-briggs but different I, I like it so um the road back to you really helped shape me in terms of knowing myself and being aware of my weaknesses and what I can give to give back to the Holy Spirit. Um, so throw it back to you. Uh, podcast wise typology, which is the same author as the road back to you. So they deal with Enneagram stuff and then leadership podcast by Carrie Newhoff. So if you're into church leadership and all that, and you want to learn more uh, and learn from people who are in like high leverage situations, terms of church leadership and all that and um not just church but also businesses and how that relates to the church then it's called the carrie newhoff podcast so yeah that's it okay and obviously i'm going to be plugging in the prodigals podcast which you can uh, reach in the description but other than that thank you so much mark for being a part of this show and i can't wait to interview the rest of the prodigals Hey man, thanks for having me. Thanks for having us. Uh, we are honored to be a part of this. And yeah, and one day we'll have you on our podcast. Yeah, looking forward <laughs> to that. <laughs> All right.